0: peanut butter and jelly, some like peanut butter and bacon. Uh, growing up, I enjoyed a good peanut butter and bacon sandwich. Nutter butters, I love them, but I don't have them in my house. Um, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, okay? Commercialize the idea of putting two things together, right? But if I'm going to go in, I want to go all in, and I chew the commercialized version for just a good old point of peanut butter and dark chocolate, okay? Like I'll break off a hunk, right? And then I'll like go in for a dip. Actually, it's more like a scoop, Dips never really make sense to me. Scoops make sense. And I come out with like a tablespoon and a half of peanut butter on a big old hunk. And one is rarely enough. Although lately I've taken to go uh, with just straight up nuts, not processed in any way, shape, or form. So like almonds, um, cashews are really good on dark chocolate. Um The latest iteration of this has been um, pecans, okay? So you get raw pecans, get a big bag of raw pecans, put them in the freezer because you can't use them quick enough, okay? And then you take them out a little bit at a time on a Saturday morning when you're going to have them on top of your waffles and you toast them. You take them just about to the point of disaster, Get them out of the oven, let them cool off, then you throw them on top of the waffles, and then you throw on a big old hump of maple syrup. So, like the crispy waffle, and the waffle should be done just a little bit extra, okay? I like a little, I like a little, a little edge, a little crisp, a little dark, a little color on my waffle, right? And then you pour in the maple syrup, which defeats the purpose of it being crispy because the maple syrup, unless it's soaked through and through and through, I mean. Why are we saving money on maple syrup? You shouldn't be saving money on maple syrup. Save money on other things. Spend heavily on maple But my favorite little thing, okay, are these little guys uh, from our friends down south, uh, Minneapolis. They're, they're biscuits with almond butter. Actually, it's, I think, a cinnamon biscuit with almond butter. Have you had these? Okay. I love these things so much. I'll even share a few with you. Mainly I like them because they sustain well life in a pack uh, or in the back of my... That was a good throw. I landed. It's kind of like, what's a golfing shot where it goes high and then drops right in? A what? A lob shot? Okay, sounds great. So there's a couple of those. Cinnamon, almond, butter. If you want, I got like 30 of these. Oh, right in the middle. Okay, so grab one. You got one. All right, all right. Oh, we've got to have the windows and the biscuits, okay? It's not just, it's not just, it's not just. They kind of flutterfly, okay? Oh, thank you very much. Okay, go ahead. You're in. That was magic. That was so good. Now, just imagine you're about 30 or 40 miles into a ride and you're like, oh, I'm a little bit hungry, a little peckish. That's even better in that situation. Two things at once, right? Distinct, but absolutely perfect. Oh, coffee doesn't. Okay, right. Remember? Father, Son, Spirit, Triangle. They're all God, but all distinct, right? Okay. The Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Spirit. The Spirit is not the Father. Okay. Economic realities, but no turf wars. Okay. Trinity talked about that last week. This right elbow this week. Now, truth be told, the statement of faith that Timberwood Church has a lot of right elbow stuff action in it. Okay. And Jesus does get a disproportionate, I think, view um, in our statement of faith. Okay. And that's okay. There's no problem because He did a lot of heavy lifting. Okay. So we should give Jesus that space. We believe that Jesus Christ was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, and is true God and true man. Two things at once. Perfection. Mm. Let's savor that. Don't rush through that. Page 807. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his Mary mother had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, okay, you understand the euphemism there, right? She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. What? And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But an angel shows up, and an angel goes like, no, 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 slow down, tap the brakes. Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. What for the second time? She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Similar story, different section, page 855. Angel Gabriel shows up to Mary. Greetings, favored one. She's troubled, freaked out. Angel says, don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. Mary's like, how am I going to do this? Angel says, verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Son of God, the Son of a woman, right? Son of God. Why? 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 Not necessarily designed to be a systematic theological exploration this morning, but maybe just a simple guy's version of why. Fulfillment of prophecy, one of the whys. I mean, the virgin will bear a child and the child will be called Emmanuel, which is God with us. And why is this important? Well, it's kind of like this, okay? Say that I was like to say I was going to like, hey, throw you out some biscuits, right? And I never did it. You'd be like, it seems like there's an integrity gap here. Or say that I was going to show up and help you out at your house someday. I don't know why I have a running nose right now because they're not terribly spicy. (laughs) And I never show up. You'd be like, well, wait a second. There's a gap here, right? There's a gap between what you say you're going to do and what you actually do. And in that gap is this thing called integrity. And if you don't do what you say you're going to do, the gap is a huge integrity gap. But if I say something that I'm going to do and do it, then the gap isn't there. Then you're like, no, he said he was going to do that, and he did it, and he's got integrity. That's why it's important that we do what we say, and we don't do what we don't want to do. That didn't totally make sense. God understands this, right? The fulfillment of prophecy is important because if God says he's going to do something and doesn't do that thing, then we're left scratching our heads wondering what in the world can we trust this cat? God doesn't want to leave us in that liminal space. God wants to leave us in a space where we have confidence that God will do what God says he's going to do. So God's fulfillment of prophecy becomes incredibly important. Son of God, why? It's this declarative statement of personal intent, right? Like, it's not just me doing what I say I'm going to do, but it's also me doing it in a way that really shows you that I am all in that I'm really committed to what is going on, that I'm going to show a, a, a very personal interest in the execution of this idea. So God says, I'm, I'm going to send my son. I'm, I'm going to send my child. I'm, I'm going to give the thing that is closest to me that exists to you So you can figure out clearly that I'm in this thing with everything that I have. Closely related to the declarative statement of personal intent is the horsepower or the EV power. Should we compare it to EV power these days? Why not? I went for a ride in one of these uh, souped up four-wheel drive vehicles the other day and it doesn't have an internal combustion engine and I have never accelerated in something that felt like a rhinoceros like that before. I mean like truth be told I was a little bit freaked out cuz I'm just like should we really be going this fast in something like this and this quickly? I mean, I mean when you can have something that looks like a rhinoceros that outperforms a Porsche 911, that's kind of an impressive feat, right? At any rate, you need the horsepower or the EV power to get the job done. A big problem, we're going to get into that next week. And there are many things today that we'll just barely touch on because we don't want to steal from what is coming in the weeks ahead. But suffice it to say, there is a big problem in the world. And it won't be solved by a politician. If you think a politician will solve a problem, oh, well, I didn't know that I would get applause. I wasn't looking for that. Although I do have to say that I'm going to eschew... Second time I've used that word today. Any mention of those types of things this year because, yeah, it's not that important. There's a big problem. There's a fatal flaw that each of us and the world in which we live possesses, even though each of us is incredibly valuable in the eyes of God. But a big problem needs a big solution and a big time problem solver. Son of God, but also son son of a woman. Now, this is intriguing, right? Because the text says, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy. God is taking the normal of human reproduction and giving it an entirely different starting point. How? (laughs) I I have no idea. Like last week, the phrase that we use, that God has eternally existed, I can say it, but I don't know what it means. There's these mysteries, right, that we live with. And some would say, oh, if you can't explain it, okay, if you can't explain it, then I'm not willing to believe it. It's not real. Oh, do I differ with that? Take, for instance, the love that you might or I might have for something. You might look at the love that I have for something and you're like, eh, no, that doesn't really make sense to me. I mean, really, it's two wheels. It's really not that big of a deal. Or even a better one, okay? Even a better one. The love that my spouse has for me. Please, explain that one to me. Please! Please, I would love it. I would love it. I would love it if you tell me how great and how smart and how wonderful you think you are. Please tell me. Some of you would say, no, I agree with you, John. It doesn't make any sense to us either. (laughs) And yet, I know I'm with a gal that I don't deserve to be with, and yet there's a mystery here, right? There's a mystery. The simple mystery of a woman's heart. A woman's heart is a deep, deep thing. If you're lucky enough to be close enough to a woman, it's something that is not easily viewed, especially by the uncouth or the barbarian. But it is beautiful. And she will never show it all to you. Never. Ever. And that's good. But we're not talking about the love of a good woman. We're talking about the son of a good woman. And the reality that this book gives us all that we need to be in relationship with the son of a good woman. But there's many questions that this book doesn't answer. There's mystery. And that's okay. Son of a woman, why? Why? Fulfillment of prophecy. We've already talked about that. Son of a woman, it's tangible. It's real. You can touch it. No one needs to tell anyone in the room that life is messy, that it's complicated. Some of us surf above it. Which would be right if you're the son of God, right? If you're the son of God, and we sing songs like this, right? Okay, you could have come like this. You could have come really, really big, really, really powerful, really, really amazing. It would have been the second person of the Trinity, right elbow. It would have been the son's right to come in with guns a blazing Everyone pays attention. But if you're born to a single parent... A poor woman who later got married? Please, don't miss the weight that that would have held in the first century. If in your bag of experiences, you've been a refugee from the sort of violence that killed all of the two-year-olds in your town, can you imagine that, being the sole survivor? Where are the friends your age, Jesus? Um... Yeah, they didn't make it to three. And the only reason why you escaped, because your mom was willing, what other choice did she have, but she was willing to jump on a donkey and flee to another country? And then when you give back, the constant murmuring, right, of people looking at you through your teenage years and going, he's the one who survived, and he shouldn't have. I mean, she wasn't really married when she was conceived. Conversation stopping the second they saw you. But knowing that there was something stirring inside of you, drawing you to some unmistakable but slowly known pathway. So, yeah, being son of a woman is incredibly important. The tangibility. Bridging the credibility gap, the experience gap. Once someone who has had an experience that you share, they have a great deal more credibility when they move into your space. Hebrews puts it like this, right? Since we have a high priest, Jesus, who passed through the heavens, let us hold fast to our confession. Confession are the things that are true about us, things that are true about him, things that are true about our world. For we don't have a guy who is unrelated to our life experiences. Being son of a woman is incredibly important because Jesus can look into your soul and say, I know what life is like. We don't have a guy who's unrelated to our life experience, but was tested, the author of Hebrews says, was tested, just like we are, but was perfect, didn't miss the mark. So Hebrews closes. Let's get close to that. Let's get as close as we possibly can to the guy who has experienced life at its most brutal, at its most messy, a guy who has the capacity to look into our souls and say, I understand your deepest longings and your worst fears and all of your inadequacies and all the things that you wish were different and all of the things that you hope for. Let's get next to that guy because he has the credibility to give us mercy and grace whatever we meet whatever we need while we're waiting and we wait right we wait in this liminal space Titus the last reference in the little statement of faith thing if you don't have one of these we gave them out last week we can get more to you this week just ask Titus 2:13 says this waiting for our blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ so there's a statement both about the christology if you will the deity of Jesus Christ deity of Jesus Christ that he is both our great God and savior and we're waiting now one argues that that for the follower of Christ my paraphrase we wait from one thing to another we live in this liminal space we talked a little about a little bit about this over the christmas season right talking about peace that peace is living in liminal space that liminal space can be hard right this transition this transition from me being on my own to being spirit led because of The son of a good woman. The transition from doing what I want to do to doing what Jesus wants me to do. To do what the Spirit is leading me to do. And then the big L liminal space, right? Because there was the first coming of Jesus Christ, son of a good woman. And there is a second coming of Jesus Christ. And this transitory time can be filled with all sorts of crazy things. We said this, right? A world that doesn't make sense. And at the same time, these wonderful passages of life and hard passages of death, living and dying and waiting with the promise that God secures the peace of those who are faithful. We said that at Christmas. No less true in January. Do we desire the activity of the son of a good woman in our lives? Do we really want that? Are we willing to ask for more of God's activity, more of Christ, more of Jesus Christ's activity in our lives? Can we ask for more of Christ's redemptive work in our everyday existence? More of his horsepower, more of his eevee power. More. And as we wait, can we join with the ancients this word, Maranatha, inviting our Lord to come? Two things. I love the cinnamon. I really love the almond. Another two favorite thing is um, these Ritter Bars. I'm not kidding you. They're called Ritter Bars. They come in a square. They have a dark chocolate with marzipan. You know what I'm talking about. I see a nod in the back. I see you. Two things, distinct but perfect. I believe, I believe that Jesus Christ was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary and is true God and true man. Please pray with me. Father, as we wait in all sorts of different ways, we come and we ask. We ask for the thing that we cannot do for ourselves. We ask for more of you and more of your Son and more of your Spirit. Father, our needs are great. Some of us are in physical pain. Some of us are in emotional pain some of us are in spiritual pain we come and ask that you heal us that you give us grace and mercy to sustain us that you allow redemption and restoration to take place that our souls become more and more dependent on your son and the work of your spirit And for some of us, Father, today is a really good day. The wind is in our sails and we're so grateful for your activity. For all of us, oh great God, we confess our need and our dependence on you and the Son and the Spirit. See us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Please stand as we continue our worship.